I grind for the love of the game. You know my takes are scorching hot. I grind for the love of the game. Projecting the jump, episode six. Ready or not, it doesn't matter. What's good? This is your boy, Flying J. Flying J, Natron Clean here. How about them Blazers tonight? Anthony, Anthony Simons. We were talking right before the pod. Anthony Simons is that dude. Um, I love seeing the confidence coming out in him. Um, yeah, that dude is legit. The Blazers believed in him first. They stuck with him. Homegrown. Um, just love that. Yeah, he's definitely getting better and better. I mean, you can see it week by week. And uh, But, boy, the Blazers needed that win. So that was nice to see. Sorry, Jazz fans. How many? I'm curious if we've ever had a jazz fan listen to that. I feel like jazz fans don't consume, <laughs> they only consume their own content. They're in an echo chamber in Utah. <laughs> you know, they have their 3% beers, and so they make their own podcast too. <laughs> you know, ironically, I, I, I'm just realizing this now. I'm wearing a Utah sweatshirt uh, I, at, at this exact point in time. I, I wore that in the game without even thinking about it. And uh, uh, um, so, you know, I, all, all love for the state of Utah here. Yeah, no, we're pro Utah, no problem. Um, so the sixth episode of Projecting the Jump is uh, what we like to call "Don't Look Now, But." Uh, so Natron and I will be placing meaning into that big but numerous times uh, as we kind of do a two-man weave through some juicy takes. Um, so yeah, the premise is pretty open. It's just uh, some some stuff we've been noticing uh, in the in the guise of, of the don't look now, but premise. So, so I'm just going to jump right in here. Uh, my first, my first, but is don't look now, but Jamar, Jabari Smith, the junior is who we thought he was. And we let him off the hook <laughs> as far as those who cut him and kind of losing belief in him. Um, so Jabari, you know, it took him a few weeks to find his footing. Uh, Utah, or I got Utah on the brain. Uh, Houston, Houston's offense, you know, it's fairly chaotic. Um, but he's quickly stabilized into, I think, a must-roster 12-team player at this point. Um, he's got a rookie season that's shaping up to be very unique. Uh, so I kind of looked into that. Um, I think he's become what I like to call a low-end cheat code for punt field goal percentage builds. Um, so basically, I busted out the basketball reference player uh, comp tool for the first time, which I love. Uh, Nate and I have definitely uh, indulged in that before the pod. Back in the day. Um, so I found a comparable rookie in season to Jabari's right now. I'm very excited to share. Uh, so the last mm. two weeks, this is Jabari's numbers. You're getting 15.3 points, 7.3 rebounds, a dime, uh, 0.8 blocks. But those are common. Uh, I really believe those are common. Uh, 0.3 steals, 3.2 triples a game uh, for the last two weeks, 2.2 on the season. Uh, only only. 43% field goal, so not really a punt. You just got to incorporate it into your build. But 91% uh, free throw shooting. So, you ready for this comp, Natron? Mm-hmm. Okay, so basically you have to imagine if this rookie big man took six triples a game in his rookie season. This is the line okay. for this rookie, okay? 14.4 points, mm-hmm. six, 6.7 boards, okay, 1.8 dimes. 1.3 blocks, which I believe will be very comparable to Jabari end of the year, a steal, and he hit one three-pointer a game on 2.9 attempts, but this player in Jabari had the same three-point shooting percentage, about 36, uh, 46% hmm. field goals, 72% free throws. Uh, he became okay. better in his prime from the strike. Okay. 
This is a 90s big man, Natron Clean. Who is that rookie? Wow, that's tough. One. Uh, Clifford Robinson, I don't know. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. He he was a rookie the exact same year as Kevin Garnett. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, Anton Walker? I'll give you another hint. Uh, he believes that if you aren't really fouled and you go to the line, the ball will tell the truth. No. <laughs> that's, where, no that's where this is headed. my man. <laughs> The, the god player. himself, the, the god himself, Rasheed Wallace. This is Rashid, it was Rasheed Wallace's. Now I just thought that was eerily similar. If you imagine that Rasheed was allowed to jack up six threes a game, uh, which by the way that would have been amazing to see him in this era. Um, but yeah, man, like I know I talked a little bit about Rasheed Wallace or Channing Tatum, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Channing Fry. Um, <laughs> But I don't know, man. Like I, I watched some of that game today. Uh, he's he's pretty fluid. Uh, he can get a little timid at times. I don't know if he has the edge. But as far as stat profile, I feel like he might be a little more Rasheed Wallace than, um, than than Rashard Lewis. Hmm. How was that hitting you? How was that hitting you? Well, well, I I'm taken aback. I guess at first. I mean, like when you I feel like when you refer to anybody. I mean, you comp anybody to the uh, personal goat here, and at least in our my household, I mean, I have a, I make sure to wear a Rasheed Wallace jersey to every single Blazer game that I or NBA game that I go to in general. Um, but uh, the one thing I I feel like that pops immediately is Rasheed Wallace. The first couple years in the league, I mean, he he was all athleticism, all high flying dunking. Um, where uh, Jabari feels a little bit more skills based initially, um, a little bit more of that like pure height stretch man, uh, right off the bat. Um, where Rashid kind of, uh, I mean, he was just pure, um, you know, he's more of that kind of, uh, trying to think of a comp for him, you know, it was a little bit more of that AD when he first came in, just like throw up alley oops type move. Um, I, I don't know if he had quite as the athleticism that she'd had, um, but he does seem quite a bit more polished at this point of his career. It's definitely not a stylistic comp. I'm thinking fantasy profile. Sure. Uh, Rashid had that dog in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, don't, I don't think Jabari has a very large dog in him. Yeah. What kind of dog are you thinking? Maybe a Pomeranian. Oh, that's small. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know how soft he's going to end up being. Um, he was barking a little bit more. Like he was doing that thing when like he thought a teammate was fouled. He would start kind of barking towards the ref and then go over and put his arm around Kevin Porter Jr. So I'm thinking of. So he was more interactive than I'd expected. So that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so so we'll see how it develops. Yeah, stylistically, uh, it's a um, it is a blasphemous comp. But I just thought. You know, imagine Rashid later in his career when the athleticism wore off, you know, he's mm-hmm. he started to play a little more ground bounds. So I'm thinking, forget right. that athletic that athletic uh, vision you have for Rashid the goat um, and sure. just kind of imagine stylistic comp in today's game. And I think, you know, it's interesting. So hmm. um, I, I I guess I had often I mean kind of a thought that his game was a little bit kind of that Michael Porter Jr. E. uh thing where it's like uh he you know and i'm not sure what his turnovers look like um you know i mean uh michael porter jr is kind of you know is nice for that like 
uh, you know, like a decent usage. You, you're not getting any assists, but you know, you're, um, he's not hurting you with that. I kind of was thinking his game would be a little bit like that, but with a little bit more skewed to defensive stats. Um, but, uh, um, I, I, yeah, it's been good to see him come on because the minutes have been there, which is great. Yeah. I mean, like that's um, I had a little like note jostled down about um, about the Rockets that I was trying to work through, but I couldn't quite find the uh, it was just a little bit more of a hunch um, based off of these last couple weeks. Uh, um, but I couldn't find anything concrete. It seems like they were a little bit their minutes were devolving a little bit into like the thundery. Um, you know, I mean, they have, um, I mean, they're, they have 12 guys that are seeing 13 plus minutes a night on that roster. Um, which I, I started to go down that rabbit hole of figuring out how many teams had that many guys playing 13 <laughs> plus minutes. And then I quickly realized that was going to take me hours and, uh, and, uh, abandoned that. Um, but uh, it does seem like they are at least they're committed to their core guys. Um, as far as fantasy, it can be a little the Rockets can be a little frustrating because it seems like once you get past those, I guess, big four, I guess you're calling them, um, the minutes get a little chaotic. But uh, it does seem like you're you're right. They're committed to Jabari, at least for giving him minutes. Yeah, for the most part, the minutes have been in the 30s. Uh, he did have a 17-minute game against Denver recently. Um, but I think that the minutes shake out in Houston is affecting more your like Tyree Eason's, um, mm-hmm. y- your um, KJ Martins, who's I think pretty talented, um, guys like that. But uh, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I feel like J- Jabari at this point is insulated from all, from all that. And at this point, if he's on any wires, I'd say scoop him the hell up. Um, I did just that uh, recently, so... Um, yeah, I'd say he's worth kind of, you know, sticking it out through some of the, the lulls because we, we've been seeing, seeing what the ceiling looks like a lot more. He's, uh, I mean, at this point, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of asking you off the cuff here. Don't so, do, how dare I mean, you? This is a scripted podcast. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I know we went through our five <laughs> renditions and, uh, this is really messing this one up. It, he's, uh, what do you, yeah, Ms. what, number four on your, uh, rookie uh current uh rankings oh yeah Ooh, I mean, really? I'll, I'll obviously you. you have palo palo one i mean you probably have uh ivy two uh maybe benedict matherin and then him uh i would rather I'm missing somebody i would have jabari over matherin unless i mean matherin's a score and he can really score he can flat out score i think i texted you this week I, he's just really impressive but statistically in nine cat you know he's he's points at this point mm-hmm. so i would i would right. rather have what jabari does by a good margin um oh, okay you know um i think he's closer to ivy um mm-hmm as far as you know uh nine cat goodies uh now and what i see kind of through the rest of the season i guess ivy i give a, a slight nod especially with the cade situation mm-hmm. but uh sure. but killian hayes you know he's he has becoming james harden so i don't know if the ball will be in ivy's hands as much as, as oh, uh, it didn't happen already i thought it already happened talk a lot talk about don't look now but don't look now but killian hayes is who kevin o'connor thought he was <laughs> yeah that's true that's true after years of eating crow uh uh i texted Amen. you that i i was surprised that he that i i actually i 
was surprised that he made the roster even. So I was that low on him. Yeah, I was like, uh, you know, he's a 19 year old French teenager. So you got to give him some time to cut back on the SIGs and and other, uh, you know, salacious salacious activities. So uh, what you got? Uh, Well, speaking of salacious activities, uh, we're talking about a high fly high flying dunker that uh, does some nasty stuff above the rim here um, who um, who I'm putting uh, and this is a guy that's near and dear to your heart. I don't know if you've already guessed him um, a guy that you uh, haven't been able to quit through fantasy for as long as I've been playing with you. Um, but uh, is this, I, I put him is on this here. a veteran player? It is. Yeah. Is this player Aaron Gordon? It is. It is Aaron Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> I, I finally did quit him, but you know, this is the first season where I'm like, I would like to have him, but I've never, I've made an offer in years. Okay. I'm, I, I put the stuff down. <laughs> <laughs> sure. You're right. Yeah. Until you've had three or four beers and then, uh, then it's, uh, <laughs> then it's like waiver hour wire. But, um, I, I put him on here because it's, uh, don't look now, but he's finally the re- the fully realized player that uh the hype has been for years um i feel like the hype on him has been way outpaces actual production and fantasy um for forever i mean and he's had he's always had big games and that's kind of been his thing you would you and especially when you look at him on you know he would be sitting on the wire and you're like this guy just put poured in like this like these crazy two or three crazy games in a row and so you, he's a must add, and then he would just follow it up with four or five duds in a row. Um, but uh, it was, uh, I, I kind of, I plugged him in. And so if you, his, because his Yahoo rank right now is 110. Um, but I, but if you add him into Basketball Monster in a punt three throw build, um, nice. he's number 36 nice. in the league. Yeah. I mean, he's crushing it. Uh, 16. Six and a half, two and a half, one one point six stocks, uh, low turnovers so of one point four, shootings, uh, and he even hits like one three, and then he's shooting sixty percent from the field. I mean, just contributing across the board, not hurting you anywhere except for his bad, you know, bad shots from the line, um, which you know, which is really easy to overcome. Um, so it's it's. I w- I'll be honest, I was a little surprised to see, like, I mean, this late in his career, um, to be kind of locking that in. I kind of had written him off this season as one of those guys that was a better real-life player at this point than he was fantasy. Um, so it's kind of a cool surprise to see him be equal, you know, equally good in fantasy as he is in real life. I like this Aaron Gordon one. Um, I think this is the player that the Nuggets envisioned putting into this system and we knew this was the perfect system for him this nugget system the free-flowing offense the high post passing um and i think fantasy wise what we might be saying is well a he's much more consistent and i think that could be coming from you know we've we alluded very quickly to the fact that you know while Nikola Jokic is killing it uh he's looking a little bit more like his pre-mvp season self as far as the sh- the field goal attempts are down a little bit um, and so maybe Aaron Gordon's picking up a little bit of the slack and in real life basketball terms, uh, that's probably good for the nuggets. Uh, you know, he was Joker was gassed against the warriors last year. 
And so I think, you know, that's a real life solution that they found and Aaron Gordon's fantasy owners are benefiting. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I kind of was wondering, you know, like, is this sustainable? Like, or are we seeing like, like a weird peak because Michael Porter Jr. is out for a little bit and Jamal Murray's finding his footing. Um, but he's only playing 29 minutes a night right now. Um, so it's not like he is at the moment, like peaked up to 35 minutes or something like that because of injury. He's playing right. the same amount of minutes. He always plays really the biggest difference is because I was trying to figure out like what, what changed, you know, he's a career 46% field goal shooter and he's shooting 60% this year. So I think it's just kind of a, you know, if he can hold that, if he's kind of unlocked uh, that part of the game and that holds, then, then this is the guy you need to trade for. Um, you know, if you see, if we start seeing a, a regression, then um, that's kind of something to watch for. Has Aaron Gordon become a fantasy glue guy? Ooh. This is glue guy stuff because you're right. It was, this, you would look, the box true. store was so inconsistent. And I think the difference this year is you're getting consistency. Right. Wow. Yeah. Talk about us like a swing. I mean, between him and uh, Jordan Clarkson, both being possible glue guys, like I, the whole category is turned on his head. And Ubre too. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> um, yeah. Aaron All Gordon. Right. <laughs> Aaron Gordon is a, an interesting player because I kind of forgot about him right when he became somebody you really want to roster. I was chasing his, his ass all the wrong. At all the wrong times. He's... Well, it, it's it's amazing to see. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know what this year is, but you know, it, it's hard to. It's amazing to see a jump like that happen in somebody's eighth year or right. whatever it is in the league. For sure. All right. Well, now that we get Air Gordon out of the way, I'm curious to see uh, who you got now, and uh, don't look, but. All right. So don't look now, but the 2022 rookie class is loaded with more future waiver wire darlings than you may think. Uh, so there, I kind of was looking into some, you know, some guys that there's a handful of players who aren't really 12 team viable just yet. Uh, but we've seen some flashes from a few players that I wanted to take note of uh, kind of a watch party list, if you will. Uh, so number one on this list is Jeremy Sohan Spurs uh, swing man. He was the ninth pick out of Baylor. Uh, he's a big wing with a kind of a guard skill set. Um, and this is the line that took took my attention. So on November 25th against the Lakers in 36 minutes, this rookie had 13 points, nine rebounds, five dimes, four steals, a block, and a triple. Mm. Have you caught any Sohan this year? I have a couple games. Yeah, I I was shocked on how impressed I came away with him. Um, his, his cutting really, uh, surprised me and kind of his, uh, his confidence, I feel like in injecting himself in the offense was, uh, was a surprise to me. Totally. Exactly. So that can also lead to, I've also noticed he could be a little overzealous at times. Uh, you know, he can look kind of raw, um, but they got him out there running point point Sohan. Uh, and so that line that I just read off to me was reminiscent of a of a young Ron Artest line. Um, you know, uh, so he's out at least a week right now with a quad issue. Um, so there hasn't been a major melee to pick up this rookie just yet. It's only seven percent rostered in Yahoo leagues. Uh, but please take note. Just take note of Sohan. Um, 
So I think his skill set is a little Ron Artesky, and I'll be interested to see where that goes. Yeah. Huh. Oh, that's a, I like that comp. His defense is tremendous, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, I got to give him credit. I mean, when we went through our rookie pod, I spent the entire time um, covering him, just talking about famous alumni from his high school um, and hardly talking about him. So uh, uh, credit to Jeremy Sohan. He clearly looks like he belongs and uh, should be getting minutes. And uh, and especially, I mean, the Spurs seem pretty committed to the tank. Um, oh, wow. they're that, killing uh, it. They're killing especially it. when... If and when Jakobertel gets traded, shut down, um, whatever that happens, it seems realistic that you're going to see 32 minutes a night from Jeremy Sohan uh, in the not too distant future. Most definitely, exactly. So if you have stash ability, if you're in a weekly locking league um, where you choose who to start that week and keep a couple of people on your bench, I would consider Sohan now. Sohan now. Um, all right. So the next, does he make your top five dynasty rookies? I'm not ready to to reveal that. Okay, I don't go willy nilly okay. into my top five. Uh, but he's yeah, okay. but he's there. So we're going to talk about during this podcast two other rookies uh, that I'm interested in, but I would have Sohan above these players. Um, okay. So so the next guy he was picked one spot ahead of Sohan. Uh, that is Dyson Daniels, who we alluded to in our rookie pod just briefly. Um, as a six foot seven wing with guards guard skills, so a theme here. Uh, he was the part of the that pick. The eighth pick was part of the eighty trade package. Keeps on giving. That boy is an Aussie, which is fun. Um, so this is a line that jumped out to me the other day. Uh, he had, and this is a game without Ingram. He had fourteen points, nine rebounds, eight dimes, a steal, a block, and a triple. So uh, that was yeah. nice to see. Um, his minutes have been all over the shop when the Pels are healthy. Um, but so it's just a name to file away, you know, especially, uh, if, you know, CJ or BI does miss any more time. Um, again, it's just a watch list thing as a take note situation. Um, but yeah, how do you, I know you were impressed with Dyson Daniels a little bit during the pre-draft process. Um, how would you compare him to some of these other watch, but don't roster rookies? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think my comment on the pre-draft was talented uh, Pelicans are too deep for him to matter this season. And uh, he, it's cool to see. I mean, because that, that roster is so deep and you can tell it's very talented. So the fact that he is taking minutes and getting play, um, I mean, they're just not giving that away. Like he's clearly has earned that uh, through his skill sets. You know, I kind of wondered even, if you know even if he was fantastic if there was going to be a role for him with just how many guys needed touches um but uh or just needed to run um but they've had their kind of their depth has been tested at this point you know cj was coming off that covid bi's been in and out of the lineup a little bit zion is kind of always going to be uh in and then out um so he's he's had more opportunity than I would have thought. Um, so I think, I don't know, I guess my, my takeaway at this point is, has been, um, you know, like watch, just kind of watch for that opportunity. And, and I, I feel like there's, and I feel like there's a, this is kind of true with 
with most players um, or, you know, there are a lot of situations with these role guys, you know, where you see um, you kind of wonder, and this is kind of the fun of fantasy. You, you see a guy, you're like, okay, through injuries or whatever this week or this two game period, um, so-and-so is probably going to get a starting role or is probably going to get 32 minutes. Will they produce in this period? And there's a lot of guys that just clearly don't. Um, and, but it's fun to see, uh, and kind of and just catalog that in the back of your head with like, oh, okay, if so-and-so gets 32 minutes tonight, they're going to be a stud and they're a must-add player. And I feel like Dyson Daniels is kind of becoming one of those um, kind of pockets. And uh, if if that opportunity arises, add, add, add. Exactly. You know, one of those players that in 32 minutes will not produce, uh, ironically, mm. has been Devontae Graham. His minutes have been dissipating along with, um, you know, we're seeing some minutes from Dyson Daniels coming from the Devontae Graham uh, playing time. So there's a direct correlation there, which makes a lot of sense if you're trying to win games. Yeah, thanks. So I got I got one more rookie in the same vein um, of the same theme, um, and that is A.J. Griffin. Uh, We got a six foot Mm. six small forward. He was a 16th pick. To the Atlanta Hawks. I have him comped to a young. I don't know why he slipped. I know. Why did he slip? A lot of guys are going to, a lot of teams, a lot of GMs are going to regret uh, passing up on this dude. Uh, the 16th pick. It was a little, it was a little wild. Um, he was a five-star recruit uh, who played his freshman season at Duke. So like, it wasn't like he was under the radar. There were no character issues. Um Right. Legacy player. I mean, his dad was in the NBA. Exactly. So this is my comp as far as his skill set. Uh, a young Evan Turner. Pre-Blazers contract, Evan Turner. Mm, don't, don't get triggered. Six-pack. Yeah. Six-pack Turner. Yeah, yeah. Don't get triggered. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so he we saw a flash. Uh, so this the line on December 7th, excuse me, December 2nd, which was yesterday. Um, it is... Uh, Saturday, December 3rd, by the way, time of recording. Um, so, yeah, yesterday against the Nuggets, um, the 16th pick, Griffin gave you 24 points, three boards, a dime, three steals, and 11 of 16 from the field. That's the part that reminded wow. me of Evan Turner. He kind of plays bully ball. He's a re- he's a stout, hmm. uh, true, like, point small forward. Because you can handle – you can facilitate the offense through him, but he's more of a scorer. I guess than Evan Turner, huh. um, but watching, I just watched the highlights of that game and just just the style of his game uh, reminded me of Evan Turner quite a bit. Um, so yeah, the last two weeks, um, this dude is averaging twelve points, uh, two point three boards, a dime, one point four steals, two point one triples in twenty three minutes. That was before last night's twenty four point game. Um, so yeah, just take note. And he's another one of those guys that if he does, you know, right now he's benefiting from um the playing time that he's absorbed from who's who's the fourth overall pick that wing that everyone loves uh, hunter deandre hunter yep um so that that there's a bogdanovich too exactly so yeah i say for for nine cat um you know you you might have missed his best game of the season but kind of in closing on this little theme i'll give you my quick um dynasty rankings for nine cat number one sohan a number two, a slight oh. edge to AJ Griffin, and number three, Dyson Daniels. Wow, I love that. I love that toss in there. Yeah, so but I do love Sohan. Uh, but that's all the talk I have for marginal rookie wings for now. 
<laughs> oh, that was solid stuff. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh take that segue and run with it and go for marginal veteran wings. Let's go. <laughs> People are turning this podcast off right now. Don't worry. We'll get right. to some superstars. Yeah. <laughs> this one hasn't been been published, and we're already getting comments about how uh <laughs> get get to the real players. Um and so I won't take long with this one because this guy is uh uh pretty marginal but it's one of those uh uh one of those guys that i love and i get to and i and i know that you are allergic to um and this is uh caleb martin um and and this take might be a little might look a little stale in a week or two um but uh you know it's don't look now but caleb martin is the numbers uh 65th ranked player the last two weeks um number 83 over the last month um he's okay. just kind of kind of gone from one of those stream stream guys to hang on to your roster uh like solid roster spot recently um and i think some of that is you know he's been ben, uh, benefiting from the heat just been kind of decimated with injuries um you know jimmy bam uh hero have all been out for a while um so I think some of those, you know, his his minutes have been up quite a bit. I mean, his November minutes were thirty four point four. They're crazy. Um, where, where, which is fantastic, yeah. And no. where October minutes were twenty seven. So I mean, so he's seeing seven extra minutes a night right now. Um, but I think what's encouraging about that is, even without that, I mean, like. I mean, 34 minutes was a little unsustainable, but um, it his role was pretty locked in with the Heat. Um, his usage rate uh, this season, you know, even with all those extra minutes, is the exact same as his career. I mean, it's, you look at you go through his career usage rates, and they all hover plus or minus within one percent of fifteen percent. Um, so he's you know he's not a high usage guy, so he's not like he's turning you know like getting like hucking it up a whole bunch just because of this opportunity um so he's been averaging um the last two weeks we're looking at 15 and a half five and a half to 1.5 stocks one turnover and um almost two threes with 56 percent field goal percentage um so he's he just kind of hitting you across the board um real solid just kind of like helping you across across the way um i think with well yeah i guess let me let me hear what you got to think and then i'll I'll, I'll finish this up but well yeah it's, i'm i'm not surprised i was gonna say i'm glad you brought up caleb martin i'm neutral to the fact that you brought up caleb martin uh but i, I love talking to you about basketball and caleb martin is an excuse to do that um no his minutes have been at <laughs> his minutes have been out of control i will i will note his last two games against the celtics uh jimmy butler came has been back um, so his minutes in those games had 24 and 26 point uh, minutes, which is more of what you want Caleb Martin Martin playing for you is 24 and 26 True. minutes rather than the 41, 38, and 40 the previous three games. Uh, in those games, uh, you know, his last game, uh, 10 points, a rebound. So that's the end of the line. He had a three, um, and that's it. Um, the game before that with Jimmy Bat, the first game Jimmy was back, he got two threes, 10 and six and one, no defensive stats his last two games. So he he is a classic case of um, 
glue guy versus making sure either you're, you're keeping a spot open for streaming if you're into that or you're mm-hmm. paying attention to that next thing and you don't for instance um i could see cutting a caleb martin for a hot malik monk i could see mm-hmm. cutting caleb martin for um a kevin herder uh d'anthony melton when um maxi went down or the next player that benefits from injury so for me he's fine to roster um, but don't get so attached that you, um, especially with Jimmy back, but we know how Jimmy is. He could be not back soon. Um, but yeah, don't be too attached to Caleb Martin. Um, but he's he's a nice uh, low-end guy to have for sure. Yeah, I think that was a really, really smart measure to take. Um, I guess what I, uh, just to wrap that one up is um, I think I'm excited for, it seemed like he started out really ice cold the first couple weeks of the season. Um I think people may have drafted him in kind of their one of their last roster spots and then dropped him. Um, so I'm hopeful that, uh, you know, with this minutes boost, uh, kind of restores some of his confidence a little bit. And we see um, something a little bit between what we saw the last two weeks and the beginning of the season. So he's kind of uh, um, producing the rest of the way. It's kind of like a souped up PJ Tucker right now when PJ Tucker was still relevant. Um, yeah, PJ Tucker that can score the ball, right? You know, yeah, he got the the PJ Tucker minutes for sure. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, yeah, definitely a case in glue guy versus making sure you have, you know, you, Josh Lloyd always says know who your worst pl- player is, so you can be ready mm-hmm. to make a move when something comes up. Yeah, that's smart. Well, I assume you're not going to tell us about uh, who our worst player is. Uh, who do you get? We're Let's get into some names, shall we? If you're still listening to this, uh, you obviously uh, are a junkie. You love nuance, and I respect that. We love nuance. Uh, don't look now, but we are about to see how high Anthony Edwards can fly. You know what I mean? You got your seatbelt yeah. on. They're coming around. The stewardess is coming around. She's checking your buckle, giving you a little pillow. Because we're, because we're about to fly with Ant-Man. Um, so, yeah, in the wake of the Towns heel injury, Towns is expected to miss four to six weeks. Uh, I look at this as a sample size of where Ant might be headed. Dynasty corner alerts. Um, we will get to that. Um, you know, those that have had Ant rostered this year, of which um, our host, Natron Clean, is one. Um, you've undoubtedly been frustrated at times this season, have you not? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like you got a little choked up there. <laughs> I think it was a coincidence and you were having a drink of beverage, but oh. okay. Uh, okay. No, I mean I I I I I've been uh I was expecting a jump and I saw and the beginning of the season was the first two weeks was a regression. So yes, I was frustrated. Okay. Uh, on top on top of that, uh, yeah, yeah. On top of that, I uh laid uh some pretty healthy bets uh on the uh timberwolves over um what? and yeah i was so big on them and so i laid some pretty strong bets on them um, and uh those so it's been a double it was a double whammy of those two uh factors but uh yeah i was frustrated with a slow start well let's let's warm you up let's warm up those mittens um so his final ADP on Yahoo was 20.5. His average salary in a salary cap draft uh, on Yahoo was 33. He went for 43 in our league of record. Um, so Smart. On, a, on a per game basis for the season, uh, Cat's 59th. 
But don't look now. Uh, the past two weeks, Ant-Man is 16th. The stocks are starting to come hard and heavy. Natron, would you allow me the privilege of reading Ant's line in his first Catalyst game? Let's hear it. Would you allow me? Thank you. Okay. 29 points, three rebounds, five dimes. Cool. Five steals, three blocks, three triples. And over his last five games, Anthony Edwards is 31 of 33 from the free throw line. Hard don't look now alert on positive free throw regression. Am I right? Yep. Because that has been his main bugaboo. And the defensive stats dry up. So, oof. Um, okay, so before I turn it over to you to... Wait, wait, wait. Are you, you talking yourself out of this one? No, I'm just I'm just really excited. Okay, so new segment, Dynasty Corner. Um, I'm a newfound Ant Dynasty owner. Recently in a points league, was able to get him for Zach Levine and Bull Bull. Bull Bull is the ultimate sell high in fantasy. You may have missed your window. Um, so, you know, I'm looking at this time without Cat as sort of like a crystal ball. Uh, into what Ant could become in an offense built solely around him. Uh, if you you know like it or not, Timberwolves fans, shout out Cheeseburger Randy Jokic. Um, Goldbear is already one of the most untradeable contracts in the NBA. Uh, if things go south and the Timberwolves do need to hit that reset button, it's actually Towns that's most likely to be traded. So in a dynasty startup, I'm probably taking Ant. I'm thinking about Ant starting at pick six, pick seven, um, right around there. You know, I'll be watching very closely to see this little sneak peek into what I'm calling Mamba Ant season or season. I think we're seeing season now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, I mean, you kind of, you alluded to uh, his three throws kind of being the, being the difference. I mean, he's, he's number eight over the last week in, in, in total Yahoo rankings, um, you know, and on top of his percentages kind of taking, um, uh, a jump up. I mean, I, I went through um, and took a look at the difference between what we were seeing in October versus November from uh, Edwards. Um, his field goal percentage, same, no change. Uh, his three is three point percentage, literally identical, thirty four point five to the decimal, the exact same. Um, you know, the amount of threes that he's attempting. Exactly the same, seven point five. Okay, um, it was kind of outlier-y, weird. Um, the biggest difference was it seems like in his aggression, and I don't know if if some of that is they're figuring out their spacing, or he's just kind of uh changing his mentality because uh the amount of times that he's getting to the line, um, and the amount of times that he's making them has changed. So the so in October he was getting to the line for uh, shooting four shots a game. Not enough. Um, in in November is five point three. Right on. Um, l- last year's average was three point nine. So it's that's been a huge increase in what his game has been. Um, so I mean that, and coupled with what you alluded to earlier with the defensive stats, um, you know October he was averaging um, uh, one point two stocks. November it's two point two point two. So the, those are the two two differences that's kind of transformed him from that 37, 40 ranked player to uh, top 20. Yeah, totally. And did you allude to uh, clearing out spacing for Ant? Well, because uh, I mean, th- 
Yeah. Because I wasn't going to go here, but don't look, but I'm going here. Don't look now, but the Rudy Gobert experiment ain't going so well. Today we're recording Saturday night. It's about uh, 10 p.m. Pacific time. Rita Gobert just played nine minutes against the Zombie Sonics. Um, he wasn't in foul trouble. He had two fouls the last I looked. Um, and Ant went buck wild. Um, so, yeah, we'll just see going forward. Um, because for, I just don't think Ant likes likes Rita Gobert. We talked a little bit about this before we hit record. Um, so keep an eye on that, everybody. Um would I panic trade Rudy Gobert? I don't know. Would you? I will point out that they that didn't work for them. They lost the game. They did lose that game. Right. That's a nice. That's a. I. I was wondering if you bring that up. I think we lost by eight. Um. So we'll see where it's going. It's just kind of. It's curious. It's curious. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean, they it, they they have all the incentive in the world, like you pointed to, because they. They really can't trade Gobert. Mm-hmm. They're kind of locked into that. So they, although it's been really rocky of a of a uh, of a start of a marriage between all those three big players, um, they've got to figure it out because for them to unlock uh, to actually be the team that advances in the playoffs, they they got to figure it out. For sure. Um, so I'm it'll gonna- be interesting. Yeah, I'm going to pivot right here, which is kind of this convenient timing that you brought up Gobert, because I'm going to talk about his old running mate, um, Donovan Mitchell. Um, and uh, I I spent some time talking about him on the uh, last pod, the one that we recorded um, that never that never made the air. Um, and that was uh, what was the theme of that one. I can't remember exactly. That was that that was was last season real. So there is a mystery pot out there that was recorded just before uh, the season started. So um, that will surface at some point, um, which will be exciting. But uh, but yeah, good call. Yeah, that was that was discussed. Yeah, in uh, that one, I uh, um, I spent a good chunk of that podcast um, kind of a. Uh, going waxing about my love for Donovan Mitchell and about how, and I think it was, there was a little bit of a fade on him prior to the season. Um, and it was kind of talking about how I wouldn't have faded him. I think, I, I think last, I think his production was real. I think he was playing in a small market that kind of got overlooked and I was um, looking for him to have a good season again, but I didn't see how good of a season that he was having. So I think it's don't look now, but Donovan Mitchell is a uh, year in year out stud that you need to be looking for trading for drafting high again next year. Um, he was uh, he's averaging um, a career high 4.3 threes per game. Um, that's kind of been a new thing that he's kind of just continued to evolve and unlock Um, last season. We saw him kind of make that progression on his assists, um, you know, where he went from just kind of being, you know, a a low end assist guy to averaging around five Um, this year, he's continuing it. So this year we're seeing out of Donovan Mitchell, um, 29 points a game, uh, three boards, five assists. Um, We already went over threes, um, 1.8 stocks, which is, almost elites it's yeah. just on the cusp 
almost on the cusp of being elite. Um, his three throw percentage is 89%. His field goal percentage is 50%. So the percentages are, are, are just rock solid. Um, and, you know, I kind of, I, I went through um, just, just kind of for the fun of it to, to go through like different builds to see like, Oh, like, you know, cause he's ranked in Yahoo at 10. And I was just kind of curious, like, okay, what if, what if you do different builds? Like, what if you're punt this category or punt that category? He's like 10. He's like 10 in no matter what, what your build is, it doesn't matter. Um, so I think it's been, uh, that's been cool to see uh, kind of him just kind of take that, that next step up in his consistency um, and, and really be kind of become a superstar. I think he's actually missed something. He's actually pretty poor in a, a punt uh, winning games build. Ooh. <laughs> he hurts. He hurts you there. Um, no, it's nice to have just a moment to celebrate Donovan Mitchell. That team is so fun. Uh, his assists are a little bit down since, um, since uh, Darius Garland's come back, but like who gives a rip? Um, you know, just looking at his game log, three of his last six games, he's had a, a single assist, but his mm-hmm. it's really unlocked his peer scoring to be playing next to uh, a peer point guard like Darius Garland. Um, and just that team's really fun. So, no, it, he was um, much like uh, DeJounte Murray. Uh, people were just a little worried about him fitting next to another star, star guard. And in both situations, mm-hmm. it's gone very well. Um, yeah, that's, so, that's, a, that's a good comp. You know, believe in the talent. Um, you know, <laughs> it's not super fantasy related, but I wonder if LeBron would, what he would give to be in Cleveland at this point. Because what what are they missing? What Well, um, Karis LeVert ain't him. You know, mm. Kar- Karis LeVert's never met a bad uh, mid-range jump shot he didn't love to miss. Um, mm. I liked him in in Brooklyn. I feel, you know, it's unfortunate the way it's kind of worked out for him, but he doesn't fit real well into that system. Man, LeBron would be just ridiculous in this team. Uh, yeah. You know, I think they would be a title favorite. Would they? Would they be the favorites to win the title with LeBron just plugged into that the small forward spot, healthy? I just want to say I appreciate you kind of uh, getting our clicks up because there's 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 no way that you can get <laughs> clicks up without referencing the Lakers, and so we haven't done that yet this season. We never talk about uh, the Lakers. <laughs> we never talk about the Lakers. We just did that. Um, let's. We, but we talked about them in the context of putting their franchise player on a different team, <laughs> right? It's always the other way. There, it's always like, well, what if, uh, what if we could get uh, Zion and uh, right. let's get maybe uh, Jokic over to the Lakers and uh, maybe they would take that that 2029 pick for them. Yeah, Lakers Twitter is literally the grossest place in in the cybersphere. I don't know if you ever hang out there and you check it out. I don't, but uh well that's I'll okay. Put on, I'll put on a safe search and check that out. <laughs> well, that's okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um man, where to go next? All right. Don't look now. But Zion just re- yes, we're going back to Zion two pods in a row. I don't care. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we are. Don't look now, but Zion just reminded us he could break fantasy one of these seasons. That's my next don't look now, but um for the past week, that is that season. So this past week, 
if that became a season, which I know is small sample size theater, um, fantasy would break. Um, so I would like to ask listeners to please sit down prior to me reading the stat line. If you're currently driving, consider pulling off to the side. Okay. I text the stat line to you last night, and I also text it to Odin's Peen. Um, Odin's Peen, per- perhaps a future guest. He's one of our league mates. Good man. That's not his name. That's a reference to um, Greg Odin's large penis. Um, but yes. anyway, we'll just steer back. Uh, over the <laughs> over the past three games, Zion has averaged 28.7 points, 11 boards, 7 dimes, 2.3 steals, oh. and 2 blocks. While shooting 68% from the field and 84.6 from the stripe. Jesus. Okay. Okay. I'm done. Jesus. Thanks for listening. Uh, all three of these games were without Brandon Ingram, two of them without CJ. Uh, but he was the number one player in fantasy for the past week. So, Dynasty owners, I think you needed this reminder. This is what you're hold. This is what you hope to be holding. Um, that's it uh just just that just take note that zion is that dude if he can stay on on the court um yeah how does that hit you do you think we'll look back and this will be as the best week he had this season uh has it mitigated any concerns i think when we talked about zion last i had alluded to being a little bit more on the um on the risk side of the risk reward um that take has aged poorly um you were leaning more towards the reward so what comes to mind on Zion because I require us to mention him for every every podcast. Yeah, it seems fair. He's pretty exciting. I mean, we were we just texted back and forth about our um personal player, like uh when he's on the court, like how much do you just individually track that player and uh he both fell in our top three or five. Yeah. Um but uh it's it is interesting because I feel like when you coming into the season when you drafted him you kind of had this hope if you were drafting him that you that you you knew he wasn't going to play a ton of games um you were hoping for 65 or maybe 70 or something like that but you just hope that he was so dominant in those games that it would carry you past that point um and what he was in the beginning of the season was uh, was good was was a really good player, but he wasn't that like uh, so overwhelming player that he was going to um, carry those missed games, and he's becoming that player now. Um, I mean that defensive stats that's crazy. Right. I mean he's that's right. shocking, and the assists the assists. I mean th- those those two things have kind of come out of nowhere a little bit. It's like wow. I don't want to like pump the brakes on my own take, but I will point out I'm actually going to pull it up live. I know one of those games was against the G League San Antonio Spurs. Okay. So, yeah. So, two of those three games, one was against Toronto, the other was against the Zombies of Oklahoma City, and the other was against the Spurs. So, you're playing the two of the three teams that you just lick your chops when you see one of your players is going to be playing them, mm-hmm. you know, as long as they can stay on the floor. And because they were missing their other two best players, Zion got crazy run in those games. So, you know, I'll just point that out. He's not always going to play 37 minutes a game. So just in dynasty owners, enjoy it. Um, you know, if you're, you've been really worried about the injuries and somebody's offering you uh, Anthony Edwards, I would trade Zion for Anthony Edwards and dynasty. Um, just because I feel like, 
the longevity of his style of play could lend me to feeling more confident about having that cornerstone on a dynasty team. Um, but man, uh, the ceiling is just out of this world. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, nothing has changed. I think I feel like, uh, as far as I'm, I can't imagine at this point, many people's, takes have been like radically changed from where they were preseason uh either you uh are a zion believer in what you've seen or you are a zion skeptic um based off of injury history in the past right. and so i think just just like Embiid early in the season uh, early in his career um it took him a while to kind of convert all those skeptics and in the meanwhile um if you were a believer you just rep you just reaped like all kinds of rewards uh, by getting them cheap for that reason. I love reaping rewards. Yeah. Do you cl- um, clip uh, two questions about coupons, if you don't mind? A, have you ever and do you clip coupons? And more importantly, do you deal with those apps? Like if you go into a grocery store and you have to have the, the app that you scan the barcodes so you can get the discounts, do you do that? God, no, 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 I don't. I, no, 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 no. Uh, I uh, I do like a lot of homework improvement projects. So like I get a lot of like uh, coupons from Ace, <laughs> which is my like local hardware store. Oh, and, so local. Uh, so good for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they like are constantly sending me five dollars, uh, five free dollars. And so I'll, I'll bring those in like just because I'm like, oh, five bucks. So I go go down there and use that. That is literally the only coupon that I will use. Um uh, I do have that little honey app on my, on my, we should be being paid by honey. Cause like my sponsor, that's a great sponsor. They actually play. sponsor one of my yeah. favorite fantasy football podcasts. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can get honey as a sponsor. I got them on yeah. my browser. Right just on. got like an $80, $80 check from them uh, the other day. Um, and you love honey. So uh, love honey. Yeah. Pro- projecting yeah, the jump great. loves honey. Yep. 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 So, Brought our- to you probably three or four episodes from now by honey. That's right. I'm like, Currently only brought to you by uh, stale root beer and uh, scotch. Yeah, I love that. I don't know if we could maybe one day get a sponsor from a, like a house brand root beer, but I don't think Safeway Select root beer has ever gotten more love than on the first episode of, of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to jump back in. Um so my last examination was was in the wake uh, of, of an injury. Um, you know, uh, Zion's production yeah, was without uh, Brandon Ingram. Um, and then when we looked at Ants, um, I was a bit of a, of a projection out except for the first game. But this next sample size um, is, you know, it's a nice little chunk of, of what this player could look like um, if he was playing not next to this other big guy. Okay. Um, so my next one is don't look now, but Evan Mobley is looking more and more like a young Kevin Garnett. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so we, like I said, we already have a nice little sample size for this. Uh, so Jared Allen's currently out the lower back injury. Um, so we don't have him clogging up the paint for the Cavs right now. So Mo- Mobley's stats are kind of morphing before our eyes into some more traditional big man style stats. And I guess I just, I haven't seen him in this role. I'll be honest. I haven't caught in one of these games. I haven't, so I haven't seen it. Um, but just statistically uh, over those, that four games sample size without um, Jared Allen, 
he is averaging almost 70% from the field. Um, he's putting Jesus. up an 18.3 points, 12.3 rebounds. So his rookie year, he averaged 50% from the field and put up 15 points and eight rebounds. Um, so that's just really interesting to me. Um, so, you know, for season long, but especially uh, for dynasty managers. So a quick little dynasty corner here. Um, I think we get to see what Mobley could look like as the main big in the Cavs system. And that's just really intriguing to me. So real basketball wise, I like the fit of Mobley and Allen, but I just think we're getting to see a side of his skill set that maybe I, d- I didn't fully know was there. What, what do you think, Natron? It's amazing like how much uh, you revert to initial or like your first impressions of a player. Um, you know, I, I remember watching him at USC, but really, um, you know, his first getting to see him in the league. I think maybe this is like fourth game or so uh, last season. Um, they played the Blazers and, and I was just watching him and just like, th- and just being frustrated that um, there was like who this rookie is just roasting our team. And like, that doesn't make any sense. Like how, like how can you not get past that rookie? Like he's, he's just in there to get experience. You're not, you're not expecting anything from him. And then thinking like, was thinking like, Oh, that's because the Blazers are bad, which they were last year. But, um, but it was more, Holy smokes. Mobley was good. And, kind of continues to take that step um and especially in that kind of um i mean i think one thing that's been kind of surprising um for real life basketball and then also kind of making his stats work for fantasy too is uh just that seamless um adjustment to adding in a dominant scorer to that to that team you know i think it would be really reasonable to see a little decrease in his stats rather than the increase in his stats like we've seen. Um, I think that's kind of a testament to where he's headed. Um, and I, boy, I, uh, he looks tremendous. Well said. Yeah. Th- there was a brief adjustment period at the beginning of the season. You know, I think less experienced fantasy managers were getting a little frustrated, um, but it didn't last that long. And now we're seeing this little sample size. Um, so, yeah, I just think, I think Mobley is the truth. Um, and he was robbed of the rookie of the year last year. I love Scotty Barnes too, True. but yeah. I, you know, uh, because he missed, you know, 10 or so more games than Barnes. I don't think it was a crazy amount. thought that was a robbery. Um, and so did my DraftKings account. DraftKings were up in yeah. sponsorship. Um, yeah, same, same. My, <laughs> my, 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 my heavy bets on, uh, Mobley, I feel the same way. And I took them like, like late. Like I, I, I took them like get in now because it's free money. Took them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know I mean, Sam. All right. Um. So, so Vanjay, I I got a question for you here. Um. So I have two players, um, whose season ranks are within two of each other. Um. So we have a the the number one forty player for the season and the number one forty two player for the season. Um. And they're both interesting because they're playing way below where their ADP was, um, which was 65 and 87 respectively. So these are guys that people were counting on to be, to be big contributors. And I want to know of these two players, which one of these do you think is going to be on more successful 
uh, playoff, you know, fantasy playoff rosters at the at the end of the season. Uh, I will drink bleach. Players- I will drink bleach live on this podcast if one of these players you're describing is not PJ Washington. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, boy, I I wish I was talking about PJ Washington. I really wish I was. Like, we all do. Now, we, but, we all do. Now, can we hit pause so I can write up a few like minutes on PJ Washington. Uh, because boy, did you see his line last uh yesterday? Zero makes, like he went over 14 from the field, yet still had a tremendous game where I think he had like five stocks. Yeah, that was today. Uh, that was today. That was today. Oh, that was tremendous. Yeah, but yeah. uh we'll get to it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so uh to get back to this, so we have uh the number 142 ranked player, okay. Jordan Poole. Uh, versus the one fortieth player, Colin Sexton. Who do you, oh. you think? Who do you think is going to be the more productive player when it comes to the playoffs? I love, love this question because well, th- so so this is a fan. We're taking a little a fantasy aside here. This is not about fantasy. Um, so I'm taking this question to mean which player do I see fitting into the context of winning basketball down the line to where they're going to find their role on a winning team and that that team will benefit from having them. Is that right? Well, I'm, I'm thinking about like uh, on more champ, like if you win your league, like oh. which one of these players is going to be on more winning leagues, uh, winning rosters? Well, I think, well, they were both pretty overdrafted. You know, I thought Jordan Poole was was it's one of those things where when we talk about projecting the jump, you're trying to look at the guys who are going to take the jump. And if you were buying Jordan Poole this year, you were buying the previous jump in a situation where I didn't see how you would possibly even get what you were paying for. So that one didn't surprise me. Colin Sexton was just one of those natural like, okay, high usage score first guard that we're plugging into what was supposed to be a bad team that was supposed to be tanking. And you mm-hmm. just figured you'd get your production. You get your 22 points. You get your four assists and three rebounds. And you would get no stocks. Um, and that would be that. I wasn't tempted by that. But at the price he was going, I probably would have leaned Sexton. Um, so what? which player do I think at the end of the year will end up on more fantasy winning rosters? Man, probably, probably Jordan Poole. Just because you're going to get those spike games when Steph is out. Uh, format alert uh you know if you have the il plus spot and you're able to you know maneuver around like i know the guy in our league um last year who was very competitive just had all the warrior shooters i think he, i know he had curry and pool and i think i traded him clay um and i think this year again there's the the uh curry um jordan pool combo so I, I would give the slight edge to jordan pool because it's clear what he does um, for fan for fantasy, if if uh, Sexton isn't getting thirty plus minutes, what does he do? Like he's a point streamer. He's a point streamer, and that's fine. Um, but that's it. That's, he's a point streamer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's. I feel like the the interesting thing was how ice cold, or like, or just like how buried in the depth chart uh, Colin Sexton was at the beginning of the season. That was a shock to me. I think. Uh, it it almost went beyond uh, minutes restriction return from injuries. It was kind of a it was a real surprise. Like it was a lack of fit almost. I mean, he went from nineteen point. He was in playing less than twenty minutes a night in October. And they paid him coming into the season. They gave him a, a contract extension. So right, and he was kind of the focal point of that trade. You would think, um, or felt that way at the time. One 
Yeah, I felt that way. Um, I mean, his minutes have, have spiked, you know, to 26. Um, you know, Jordan Poole's minutes have kind of, uh, you know, I think some of that is that is going to be interesting to follow that, you know, what they do with the, that roster as far as their minutes. Seems like they're kind of um, leaning a little bit heavier towards their starters and playing their bench a little bit less with the Warriors. Uh, I mean, Jordan Poole has gone from like 29 to to in October to 27 in November. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I think some of it is just like, is really like, what do you, what do you think is more real is, you mean, you alluded to Jordan Poole's breakout last season. I mean, last year he averaged 18.5, a little over one stock, two and a half threes, um, you know, versus Sexton's 2020 season, which was 24 points a game. Um, And then three, four and a half similar stocks, one less three and similar percentage. Um, So I think it's kind of like uh, some of its builds, but uh, I don't know. Um, But it it leads me into just kind of that general war. I mean, I hate to kind of go for the, go for the AM radio on this, but I mean, to that general warriors talk, um, which is, uh, don't look now, but, uh, um, uh, I mean, clay is kind of looking like clay a little bit. Um, but, uh, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't a believer in clay coming into the season. I think he was, I, I was a pessimist. Uh, I kind of thought he was a little cooked, uh, running off a of name Russian a little bit, which I know I was an outlier on. Um, but so I've been really pleasantly surprised because he's a really likable player, really likable guy, um, really likable fantasy uh, profile. But um, it was a surprise to me to see the difference between his first four weeks and these last couple weeks. Um, they've kind of been night and day. Um, his October minutes have gone from 25 to 32. Um, and I mean, his, the numbers just look like a completely different player. Um, so, I mean, his, his field goal percentage. So this is, I'm just going to run backwards from October, November, 35 to 42, three point percentage, 28 to 43, uh, rebounds two to four. Stocks 0.4 to 1.5 points 12 to 19. I mean, it's like a different, a different player. Um, I mean, he's number 120 on the season, but 26 the last two weeks. Um, So he's, he's, I guess kind of my question to you is, is this, uh, are we seeing, are we seeing a return of clay or are we seeing a sell high clay? For fantasy, I would love to sell him here. That's that's just me, though. Because, you know, he, for instance, today, and you asked me about Jordan Poole, um, Jordan Poole had a pretty good game today against the Rockets, 21 points, five assists, five threes, because Clay's still sitting on back-to-back. So Clay sat out the back-to-back. Um, so, yeah, I, I would like to sell him here. Um, I think overall the trajectory of his career, like, you know, he was coming back from some serious, serious injuries. Um, so there's a bit of shaking the rust off. So I think it's somewhere in the middle. I think the clay you're going to get is somewhere in between what you highlighted prior and then the jump he's taken. I think it's going to be somewhere in the middle. 
Um, mm. But he has that, as far as fantasy value, like he has the name recognition. If he's hot, um, I would prefer to trade for um, an asset I can trust a little bit more. U- using the name recognition, I anytime I've had Clay, I've always ended up trading him because I feel like I can get value for him. Um, actually, I think last year I held him and then moved him. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I do think it's a sell high moment. You don't have to, um, but it's a great time to, I don't think you're going to look back and be like, wow, like clay sustained that for the rest of the season. I just, you know, I think it's going to be the ups and downs. Um, he doesn't look like the same player to me. Um, so Mm-mm. it's interesting. I feel like the jump that you were talking about kind of came, I'd like to take a look and see exactly when it was that Charles Barkley and the, the, uh, inside guys, especially Chuck, were, was very quick to point out that Clay is not the same player, and Clay took offense to that. Didn't you remember that? I don't remember that, but uh, yeah, he like clapped back. Was accurate. He clapped back at the boys. Um, so I think it, it sounds like it was pretty pretty close around that time that Clay's been ticking up. He's a proud player. So as far as fantasy advice on Clay, I do think he's a sell high right now. Yeah, I think that seems really fair. I mean, I'm not going to lie, but he's a lovable guy. Okay. All so right. that... <laughs> you, got, you got one more player here? I do. Um, don't look now, Natron Clean, but Uh-oh. PJ Washington is still a fantasy enigma. <laughs> wow. It comes full circle. I love this. <laughs> Damn right. Yeah. No, uh, that's, I could not help myself as I was like, wait, is no. Does it kind of fit into what you were saying? Anyway. Um, okay, so I'm going to read you uh, a stat line on the season, okay? And I want you to guess the current rank of PJ based on these stats, okay? Okay, PJ. Okay. okay. 16.1 points, 4.6 boards, 2 dimes, 0.6 steals, 0.9 blocks, 2 triples, 44% from the field, 81 from the line, and under 2 turnovers a game. So what rank is he in nine cat with those stats? 41. So as of last night, PJ was the hundredth and 180th ranked player with those stats. Whoa. Now that jumped Why? to one. That How does jumped, that make any sense? I don't know. That jumped to 138. That's a question for Josh Lloyd or Basketball Monster. Uh, I don't get Yahoo's rankings, by the and way. I, and I'm not talking about the player rank. That's a strange. I'm talking about when it goes in and it shows exact. So that has jumped to 138 mm-hmm. at the time of the recording. But that's that's a subject for another pod. Um, it's, it's perplexing um, because I'm not sure what stat there is dragging it down. There's nothing that really sticks out however yeah so it has him as you know the 138th ranked player over the course of the season um so he just confuses me he confuses stat algorithms um (laughs) so it was alluded to earlier uh however his stat line from today uh saturday december 3rd explains the pj enigma in a nutshell he had three steals three blocks five dimes eight boards nice uh, zero points on O of 13 shooting. So didn't get to the line once. So again, I it just explains think... why Gobert wasn't playing. He was too busy <laughs> celebrating that stat line. Right. So he just continues to be one of the most per- perplexing fantasy players of the past few seasons. Yeah, he just I, I have him uh, in a nine cat league and I'm never going to drop him this year. I PJ is one of those players where if you drop him, he'll make you pay for it. 
you just ride it out. It's okay if he's your 10th best player. I took him, I think, in the ninth round or something, right right in there. Um, yeah, I did. And then Simon's in the 10th. I was just going through that. Um, he's, I feel like, just off the top of my head, one of the most ink. He's, uh, of the guys you hold, he might be the most inconsistent oh my God. performers that I can think of. Oh, yeah, definitely. But don't drop P.J. Washington. He is no. a must roster no. player. Yeah, unless it's... you're in unless you're in our personal league, then drop him Feel uh, free. because I have I have a decent amount of free agent budget that I'm willing to throw 100 percent of it at. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a, a fantasy based question right now that has nothing to do with my personal roster. So, you know, when when you're able to, you know, kind of hit a lot of your draft picks and you don't have any filler on your roster, but and you're also really good on the wire. Sometimes you end up with these roster situations where maybe you put some players in your injury slots and you got to make tough decisions. Um, so these are two random names. I'm just going to ask you, going forward for the rest of the season, who do you have projected higher? Who who's, who would you rather roster? Jabari Smith Jr. or Killian Hayes? Um, Boy. No lying on this podcast. The, the, yeah, the news. So some, new, some news came out today on Cade. Um, nothing solid, but, you know, more just more drips and drabs um, that it's looking more and more and more likely that he's having um, shin surgery um, that he, that the rest isn't kind of handling it, that um, surgery is looking more and more likely. Um, this was even on the Pistons website where this news came out. Um, so it's looking, I mean, if it's on the Pistons website, that's, seems like they're kind of telegraphing what's going to happen. Um, so wow. I think he, Kate is looking almost pretty much done for the year. Um, Thank you for saying that. Is, that. That felt cathartic for you. No, 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 no. And I, it was more like uh, upset that I have a, so little whiskey left in my glass, but <laughs> um, the, uh, but I mean, that being said, um, I think it, well, I think it depends on what your build is. You know, I think uh, Killian Hayes really, helps you quite a bit in certain categories you know i think he helps you quite a bit in assists um clearly gets good uh steals numbers um his points have been a nice surprise mm-hmm. um but he's hurting you know he hurts you in other categories you know he hurt your field goal percentage like most notably turnovers um so it depends on what your build is you know i think if you're looking for they're, it's kind of they're kind of polar opposites a little bit. So I think it kind of depends on what you're looking for. Uh, but all things being equal, ah, uh, boy, I would go Smith, but uh, I think it just depends on your build. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think Killian Hayes. I want to. I want a little more. Give it a week or so, but I'll I'll be doing a deep dive on what's changed with his game. So just a little sneak peek. I want to look at oh, some. Good. Yeah, I hope we can do fifteen minutes on him. Oh, we're gonna do twenty-five minutes on him. No, I want. Oh, that's great. <laughs> no, I just I'm so curious. Like you know, he, Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer and his draft guide is the best out there. You know, he mm-hmm. had him comp to, to James Harden. He said he had that step back three, and there isn't a player that and Josh Lloyd of you know fans of uh, you know locked on fantasy basketball and basketball monster. You know, two very respected um, folks in the industry were both super high on Killian Hayes, and they weren't alone. So, you know, I just think it was a little early to write him off. So we'll close on Killian Hayes. But 
Um, I'm very interested to see if this is sustainable. I don't think he's going to average 22 and eight, um, but I'm just really curious where this goes because, you know, we could use a fun French point guard, you know, Tony Parker yeah. come walking through that door. Right. I mean, I, the one thing I, I do wonder, I mean, uh, Ivy's been out of the lineup a little bit there too. So right, kind right. of inflated some of his numbers. Um, but, uh, but short of that, it's not like, <laughs> who who else is taking his minutes? Ivy or Hayes uh, rest of season for you? Mm-mm, that's tough. That's tough. I I'm I'm looking. I'm trading Giannis for one of those guys. I'm just not sure who. I love that. Okay, well, give me a hauler. Um, if it might be Killian, because mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, Giannis doesn't really fit my bill, but I'll take a look at it. I can make it work. <laughs> yeah, throw twenty bucks on him when he hits the wire. <laughs> um. Well, that's what I got. Uh, you got you got any burning thoughts? I know I asked you last time, and then you had had a burning thought. So, take your time. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, the uh, uh, just to kind of close it on was uh, I, and uh, I I forgot to write anything down on this. I'm just remembering now is uh, but don't look now. But the uh, Phoenix Suns stars are. Finally, who we thought they were. Aiden, Aiden is prime Aiden all of a sudden. Um, uh, Booker <laughs> is just, I mean, just looking like the best scorer in the league um, the last couple weeks. And then Bridges is like Good. shockingly, shockingly uh, just jumped up in points and is a top 15 player just uh dynamic so um it took them took a little bit but the phoenix stars are who they who we thought they were kobe booker yep kobe booker yeah but that's it though for me is jason tatum any good well as long as he doesn't do too good this week when i play against uh (laughs) tomorrow when i play against him uh um yes he looks very good it's your boy mark city exactly yep who I hung out with tonight. Hell yeah. Shout out to Park City. You have any double IPAs or singles or what y'all drink? You know, I did a uh three beers, three different um uh, this is my first time. Um and this is now gonna borderline into uh depressing talk. But the uh remember we have no is, editor right now. I know, right? Yeah. The <laughs> uh uh this is one of my I'm gonna finish this <laughs> rambling sentence really quickly here. I apologize. This is uh my first time going out to a bar. I was one of my three or four times going out to the bar in the last year. I uh, went out tonight, so uh, pretty fun. But I had uh, three beers, three different beers, um, but a lot of shitty beer, So, which is uh, my MO. Did you go to Magoo's? You know, we talked about it, but we we pivoted. Uh, we went to someplace different, so uh, uh, we didn't go to Magoo's. Shout out best sports bar in uh, the uh, greater Central Oregon area, Central you, Willamette Valley. If you ever visit Salem, Oregon, the capital of the great state of Oregon, please seek out Magoo's. Yes, good advice. Yeah, that's the top. That's that's the top five bar. Period. It's, that I've ever been to. Look up the logo. It's a cool, like, grumpy-looking old man. He's going to fight you. You can look it up. Yeah. All right. Well, we will conclude episode six, um, along with the mystery episode that's uh, floating out there. 
uh, on that comment, please look up Magoo's um, sports bar in Salem, Oregon. God. Um, <laughs> we're really we're really throwing out a lot of free sponsorship con- content here. We're ready. We need, Let's go. We need to get some. Yeah, we need to get some paid sponsors in here. If you're looking to pay us, by uh, we're eager. I cannot win big underball best ball tournaments every week. Uh, so, all right. Well, for Natron Clean, this is your boy Flying J, and we will talk to y'all soon. Later. Peace.